One of the powerful elements about sharing your, your, your story is that there's somebody else in the crowd that can stand up and say, me too. And then that person no longer feels like they're an island. My path is where it is now because of that difficulty that I had gone through and learning how to step through it. You're listening to the Start Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Chloe McKenzie, and I'm glad you're here for the epic conversations that will take you from aspiring to actualizing your dreams. Let's get started right now. Welcome back to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. You guys are in for a treat today because I have with me Jeff Martin. He is a speaker, an author, a coach, a super inspirational person. And what I love about him most is that I always see him doing things to mobilize the community and people around him. So we are going to be digging into his story today, how he finds purpose and energy to do the things that he is called to do. And we're going to talk a little bit about the specific projects that he's working on today. So welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Martin. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me on, Chloe. This is amazing. Uh, Congratulations to you for having such a successful platform as well, something that is so needed in the world right now. Thank you. Thank you very much. I take inspiration from from people like yourself who are in there every day spreading positivity and messages. And it really doesn't matter if you're speaking to the masses, if you can reach one person today, I think it makes all the difference, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's not even about having that big stage in front of you. And some people have that skill and the ability, but it really is a part of it, about making change where you are. Sometimes all we need is for you to make, be a part of the change within your family within your community, within your group of of friends. And that ultimately will stretch out into the rest of the world. So yeah, it's not about that big stage. It's about being that person of influence where you are, no matter where you are. Oh, I believe that so much. I know we're going to have a good conversation today. Let's go. Let's go. So what I do with my guests, we start out with some rapid fire questions for them to get to know you better. All you got to do is give me a quick answer, top of your head, super easy. But are you ready for a rapid fire? I'm ready. Let's do this. I love rapid fires. All right. Here we go. First question. What are you working on right now? I am working on a book to come out in 2021 at some point in 2021. Excellent. What is your superpower, if you had to say? I would say one of my superpowers is public speaking. I believe that I do have a gift in that area because of the results that I've seen and being able to help people in their life. So I believe my superpower is public speaking. Three words to describe your creative process. Ooh, um, I would say three words is tough. I'm going to say three fa- phrases if that's okay. Okay, um, give it to me. Run it by my wife. Ooh, okay, yes, <laughs> run yes. Run it by my wife, right? We want to make sure the family's good. You know what I'm saying? And then I would say from there, I would say ensure that I put people first for the second uh, phase. And then the third one is always be proud of what you do. What are some words that you live by, whether it's a favorite quote or some words that you hold close? Sometimes we have to learn to crawl through our difficulties before we can ever stand in our greatness. And I say that because it's exactly true. You know, we all go through problems in life and situations in life. But once we're able to crawl through that difficulty, we're able to show other people how we're able to persevere because now we have the keys, the solution to what it is we went through. And that's what we have to share. That's when we can stand in our greatness and share with the world everything that we've been through and how we're able to overcome. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. 
And last one, name something you cannot live without. I cannot, I've learned this year that I cannot live without people. And when I say that, of course, you know, my wife and my children are in my home. However, again, being a public speaker, someone who gets to interact with individuals, with strangers who become instant friends once we have conversations and I do presentations and then I get, you know, it's the hugs and the, the conversations after the presentations that are so amazing to me and fulfilling to me. I have learned this year that the separation of being away from people and presenting online has been quite difficult for me. And so I've had to learn to overcome. I've learned that I need people in my life. I need to, I'm the person that that interacts with individuals and that's who I am. So yeah, that's one of the things I cannot live without is people. Mm, so what have you done this year knowing, knowing that everything shut down, we were locked in our houses, you had that separation. How did you manage this as something that gave you energy? Because I think we all know the things that help us get momentum on a day daily basis. How did you manage not having something that's a key piece of your energy and still be able to push forward on the things you were doing? Absolutely, Chloe. You know, this year has been probably one of the toughest years for me and of course for a lot of people. However, during the time that everything shut down, probably about March, February, March, April, everything shut down. I had a ton of speaking engagements that were uh, in the works of happening. I was supposed to be in five different provinces in Ontario, sorry, um, within Canada uh, prior to everything shutting down. And so to know that you have these big plans and, you know, I finally see my speaking career taking leaps and bounds that I've never had before to that magnitude, to have it totally shut down was an absolute horror for me. It was a wreck for me. And I got to say that out of any year that I've, I've been on this earth, this is the very first year that I've experienced anxiety. Mm. And it's because of, you know, the COVID piece and, and the racial unrest and a lot of things that were happening within 2020. What I have learned to do during this year is to live in the now. Because I was so overbooked and I had a lot of events coming and different things were going on in my life and I'm always moving and, and shaking, I, I was kind of looking towards, okay, this is what I have planned for next week. This is what's going on the month after. And I really, to be honest with you, I really wasn't taking the time to say, let me enjoy the moment now. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is during this 2020, I've really learned to appreciate the things around me. I have children and, you know, usually if my friends see my children, they'd be like, wow, they've grown the last time I saw them a month ago or six months ago. And I'd be like, really? Like I see them every day. I didn't notice they've grown, but I got to tell you. I believe that over the last six months, I have literally seen my children grow. I've literally seen inch by inch them getting taller because I'm finally paying attention. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound that, like it's bad because I'm an engaged father. However, because life can be so hectic and we can get really caught up in business, I'm really, I've slowed down. And like I said, I've, I've been able to see my children grow, like literally see inch after inch as they're getting taller. I am paying attention to the sunrise and the sunset. I have a bird feeder in the back of my house and I'm admiring the beautiful cardinals and blue jays that are eating at my bird feeder. These are just little things. However, I believe it's the little things that really make up what this world is all about. This is enjoying the little day-to-day -day things. And so that's what I've been able to do to help me get through the tough year that we've been having. 
I love that in the same sentence that you could say how challenging it was and still find perspective of all the beauty that was available to you in some of the toughest seasons in your life. And I think that really speaks to your character and the way that you kind of move about the world. So kudos to you on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, and on that note, you know, you are a motivational speaker. You captivate audiences. You said your speaking career was really taking off this year. Um, I find it so interesting and maybe you do too. You know, when we're in a, a position to speak and move people to action, it's interesting that you you hear people that are really waiting for a message like yours as almost permission to, you know, go after their thing. What's the biggest challenge that you hear time and time again when you speak to audiences about, you know, you know, why they're stuck or why they haven't finally moved towards the thing they're trying to do? Well, I think you said it there. You know, a lot of people are looking for permission. A while ago, I posted something on social media and I said, if you're looking for permission to be great, if you're looking for permission to start that business, to create that app, to become the entrepreneur, this is your permission. Go for it now. And I received so many DMs saying, you know, I really needed that, you know, because people believe that there's something holding them back, that they can't achieve the things that they want to achieve. If they want to make a certain amount of money, they can't do it because of rules and stipulations that society has set on them, that they have set on them, that the culture or the religion has set on them. And all of these rules are simply not true. And the truth is, is that every time we set a rule for ourselves and say, I can't do that because of the color of my skin or because my sexual orientation, there's somebody out there who falls in that same category who's out there smashing it. But we allow these rules to hold us back. And going back to your question, oftentimes when I'm speaking to people and I'm learning about what it is that's holding them back, always it, it comes down to them. You know, we can blame our parents. My parents never allowed me to do this or I was bullied as a child. And I'm not saying that these things aren't, you know, aren't, aren't real issues. They are. However, we oftentimes like to blame somebody else for our misfortunes or the things that have happened. But the truth is that we all have the same ability to go forward and make things happen. Chloe, I, I, my parents don't have a million dollars waiting for me for when they die. But what they were able to give me was opportunity. My parents migrated here from, you know, the beautiful island of Jamaica, and not only just in Jamaica, they were living when they were there, they were brought up in the rural area, like the country, country of Jamaica. And so they brought a lot of those ideas with them. And some of those ideas were poverty mindset ideas. And I'm super grateful for my parents giving me the opportunity to be born and raised and have the opportunities that Canada has to offer. Of course, you know, I've taken on, you know, some of their thinking, and that's what you're going to do as, as children from your parents and, and from family. However, it's our job to break that thinking. And so I'm grateful for those opportunities because it allows me now to do all the great things that I'm doing. And so that's what I see with a lot of people. It's the rules that they set for themselves. I can't achieve. I can't write a book. I can't create that business because of this rule or that rule. Once we break through those rules, we'll recognize there's nothing that can't stop us. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about the, the stories that we tell ourselves, the untrue stories yes. that we tell ourselves. The untruth. Right? That yes. keep us off the sidelines. Now, I know you're somebody that is passionate about story as somebody who's written two books already. Sounds like there's a third on the way. Um, why were you called to write these books? One is a children's book called Brothers from the Six, Sisters from the Six, um, you know, role models, right? Um, and the yes. other new me. Tell us about the books and, and how these stories came together. 
Yeah. So I was really just driven to write these stories because I wanted to reach another element, another crowd who I may never speak in front of. So, of course, there's only one me. And so I can only go out to, you know, so many schools. I can only go out to so many organizations. And, you know, there's another group of people who might hear my voice on social media. But there's there's another group out there who does a lot of reading. And if I don't step in that area, they'll never hear my voice. And I recognize that I'm able to change people's hearts and minds through some of the stories that I can tell. And so I said to myself, let me try to widen my range of areas where I can reach different people. And that's what really drove me to write these books. So as you spoke about Brothers from the Six, Sisters from the Six, Role Models in My Community, that is a children's book. And in my time going out to schools and speaking to kids, I asked them, what it is that you want to do when you grow up? And oftentimes they say, I want to be the next LeBron James or the next, you know, Steph Curry, whatever the case might be. And the truth is, if you have that skill, then go for it. But most of us don't have that level of basketball skills. However, you know, in the book, I had people who were illustrated from the Toronto area to show our children that there are people out there who are from their neighborhoods and doing great things. Lawyers and doctors and judges and veterinarians, entrepreneurs, people who are smashing their goals, smashing their dreams. And all these people are reachable within the Toronto area because they're born and or raised within the Toronto area. And this book here is meant to inspire our kids at a younger generation to show them the great role models within that area of, of, of Ontario. And then with New Me, as you spoke about, New Me is a book of myself and nine other men, so 10 of us. And I was able to put it, put it together, orchestrate it, and put it together. And the whole idea is each man in, this, in their story, in their chapter, we all speak about how we fell down in a certain area of our life but more importantly, how we were able to get back up. And at the end of the day, we've all seen success. Like you turn on the TV, you see Kevin Hart, you see Beyonce, you see Kendrick Lamar. We all know what success looks like, but we never know what their journey was about. We never know when they fell down, how were they able to pull themselves back up? And what lessons did they learn in that process? And ultimately that's what we want to share in our book, We talk about situations where we fell down, where we had problems, where we struggled in certain areas, but again, more importantly, how we were able to get back up, because that's the lessons that people are able to take with them and use them to better their own lives as well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go there for a minute. What were some of the challenges that you encountered that uh, you grew from that's given you purpose in the work that you do today? The story that I tell in New Me, my chapter is called The Ugly Gift. And I speak about a year when I got hired as a police officer. And I was super proud of that because I grew up in a really tough neighborhood. And every time I saw the police come around, it felt like they were harassing us. And I said to myself, you know, rather than hating on these guys, imagine if somebody actually took the skill and the ability that these guys had and actually used it for good, use it to better the young people instead of picking on them. And that's something that stayed with me. And so I kind of had that idea in the back of my head. And as I got older, I pushed, I shoved, and I finally became a police officer. Now, the same year that I became a police officer, just 15 days after graduating from police college, I received a phone call that a cousin was a cousin of mine was murdered and killed in the streets of Toronto. And so here I was caught in a rock in a hard place, so to speak. I grew up in a really tough neighborhood where I learned a lot of tough lessons. And one of those lessons was revenge. And I really wanted to go out there and seek revenge against the guys who who killed my cousin, who caused me pain, 
who caused the pain in my family to see the pain in their eyes was something it was so difficult for me at that time. But then the other side of me promised I would protect and serve. And so it was a battle for me. And, you know, in the story, I speak about that battle. And eventually I ended up having a conversation with somebody who was able to teach me that in life, we're going to have problems, of course, but we all put out a level of energy and it's our choice how we put that energy out. Do we put it out in a positive way or negative way? And I was able to learn to take my negative energy and turn it into something positive. And it was through turning it into something positive, I have started my path of really trying to change people's lives in so many different ways and has ultimately ended me here where now, again, I'm a public speaker. I have courses online trying to help people. I have these books, everything in the essence of trying to help other people to find the best version of them. My path is where it is now because of that difficulty that I had gone through and learning how to step through it. That is really powerful and such a transformation. We all have experiences in our lives that are ones that could be the experience that defines us in a lot of ways. But, you know, you're sitting with whether it's a story as painful as abuse or you're you're grieving the loss of somebody or, you know, there are some really heavy things. I wonder if you could share or offer any uh, tactical advice for somebody who's going through a really difficult time and how do they create a plan to move themselves in another direction and to channel that negative energy into something positive. You know, someone who's listening, maybe the problem that you're facing is divorce. Maybe the problem you're facing is abuse. Maybe it was child abuse. It Maybe it's bankruptcy. It's something that in your life that you don't know how you're going to step through, you don't know how you're going to get out of. Many, many years ago, I went out to uh, London, England to visit from some family. And London is known to be a bit of a dreary city. The clouds are always over. It's, it's never really sunny out, out in that area, that part of the world. And I remember getting on the plane when I was leaving London and the plane took off. And again, it was very dull and, and cloudy, no sun at all. And eventually as the plane went up, it broke through the clouds. And on the other side of it was the beautiful sun and it was shining and it was the most beautiful day, the most beautiful scene that you've ever seen. And it was a reminder to me that oftentimes we have this storm cloud over our head. However, just on the other side of it is the most beautiful sunshine you've ever seen. Just on the other side of it is the resources, the things that whatever it is that's going to change your life, just on the other side of it. And so I use that as an example because I believe that if you are going through a tough time, no matter what it is, the mountain that you are climbing, I believe that in every circumstance, there's always a lesson that we can learn. Again, going back to my chapter, it's called the ugly gift because we always receive gifts in life. And sometimes a gift is something that we don't ask for. It's ugly, right? The ugly gift, a car accident or, or losing a loved one, or you know, there's, there's a plethora of things. However, I believe that in every circumstance, there's always something that we can learn. Always ask yourself, what am I here to learn? What can I grow from in this situation? We can use that piece to help others and heal others in their circumstance as well. And so that's what I would say for someone who's listening, who's having a difficult time, always ask yourself in the middle of that storm, what am I here to learn? What can I take from this? And how can I use it to propel my life forward? And not only me, but people around me as well. You are somebody who's really passionate about community. Absolutely. Why is community such a a passion point for you and specifically youth? Again, growing up in a tough neighborhood, 
I saw a lot of young people who did not see their own potential. And I always believe that if you can show somebody potential, if you can show them where they can go, then they'll now realize that the road in front of them is not as uh, convoluted as they once thought. If we can show them a representation of what somebody is doing, then it opens their eyes to do something greater. I'll give you an example. Many years ago, there's a TV show that was on called Cosby Show, right? And Cosby Show had a spinoff called Different World. Cosby Show, the main character, always had a sweater on that had a historically black college or university logo. The show Different World was actually taking place in an HBCU as well. During that time when those two shows were on in the late 80s and early 90s, where a regular university had college applications go up about 11 or 12 percent, HBCUs went up to about 47 percent. Why? Because representation matters, because people saw what they could do, what they could achieve, what's waiting out there for them at these black colleges. And so the numbers rose tremendously. So I do what I do. I go out to the schools and I speak because I want to show our children the representation, people out there that are doing amazing things, and the fact that I've been able to overcome circumstances and they can as well. I want them to be able to see past just not what's on their block, but see what's available for them in this world. And that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much opportunity now compared to 10, 15, 20 years ago for people to seek role models, seek mentorship, seek a target. Yes. Social media platforms offers just a whole new window of people you can connect with and, you know, see representation in the places that you would like to go. Where do you yourself find mentors um, and who are some of the people that you look to or resources that you look to? I have a ton of distant mentors, people who I've never spoken to in real life, people I've never shook their hands or given them a hug, but they are my mentors. And I, a lot of them I'll find on social media. Uh, and for me, more specifically, YouTube. As a speaker, I'm always looking to become better. I'm always looking to really fine tune my craft. I call it um, YouTube University, right? Where you can go on and pretty much get a degree on YouTube if you're watching the right videos and getting the things, the information that you need. And so now with social media and YouTube just being at the the thumb of, of your finger, again, there's so much you're able to learn. And so I would say, yeah, if you're looking for a mentor, somebody who's in the field of something you want to do, reach out to them on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. Or again, go on YouTube and just learn about the craft because the only person holding yourself back is you. What was uh, in your mind the story that you were telling yourself that held you back for the period of time before you could really decide, I'm going to break through this and just move past it anyway? Well, it's funny you say that because as human beings, we can step forward and we can move back. And there's times even as a grown man, I've told myself stories that, you know, you can't achieve this because of that. And then you have to catch yourself. You have to catch that negative self-talk and push forward. And so, you know, like many young black men, I've had, I've told myself the story of you can't do that because you're black. You can't do that because you're a black man. You're always going to get pulled over or you're always going to get treated a certain way because you're a black man. But then again, as I said, you know, whenever I put myself in a box or anyone puts themselves in a box, you go out there and you can see some of the great people doing amazing things. Some of the great speakers that are, that are out there, like Les Browns and E.T., the hip hop preacher. Some of the great people who are achieving, like Will Smith and, and 
Kendrick Lamar and, and whoever it is in your area. There are people who look like you, people who talk like you, people who might be around your same age who are absolutely smashing it. And so anyone who's holding themselves back, find somebody who shows you the exact opposite, disconfirming evidence, evidence that disconfirms all the negativity that you're saying about yourself, because I promise you they are out there and they are winning. You have so many good lessons to share <laughs> in my notebook, writing this down as you're talking. Ooh, let's go. Yeah, well, you have three beautiful sons uh, that literally that you could be imparting this message to and all these incredible teachings that you've learned through the years. If there was one most important lesson that you had to leave your boys with, what's the, the lesson that it would be? The lesson that I would give to my boys, I would say is the same lesson that I give to any youth that I come across. And it really just comes down to self-worth and self-value. When you recognize your self-worth, when you see yourself as being someone who is able to achieve the things you want to achieve because you were blessed with the opportunity just to be born, then I believe you, you really conquer a lot of the fears. You conquer a lot of the doubts when you simply look at yourself and you say, I win because I know my value. I know my worth. And so really, whether you become a millionaire entrepreneur or whether you be a greeter at the local box grocery store, so long as you know your value and your worth, so long as you know what you can give to this world, then I think that's all that really matters. And so that's what I constantly every day, you know, really drill into my children every night before they go to bed, they do their affirmation. So they do their prayer and then I say, okay, what's your name? And they say their name. And then I say, what are you? And they say, I'm smart, I'm handsome, I'm brave, I'm strong, I'm brilliant, I'm amazing. If I fall down, I get up. If I fail, I try again. I can do all things I put my mind to. And I have them saying this each and every night. Even my two-year-old is saying it. You know, he can't say a whole lot of words yet, but he's saying it because it's so important for us to believe in ourselves, to see our value and our worth. When we see our value and our worth, and again, nothing can stop us in the world. We are the biggest barriers in our own life. And if we can step out of our own way, there's nothing that can stop us. We've started to do affirmations with uh, our our eldest daughter as well and can just tell you how it does change their attitude, their perspective. Because as soon as they encounter a hard thing, she encounters a hard thing. Uh, my husband says to her, you fell down. What do you do? And she says, I get back up. Or she, he says, you're a girl. What does that mean? She says, I'm brave. That's literally their back and forth throughout the day. And it, it's so powerful to be able to pass that on to your children. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, there's another part to it where they say, daddy loves me. Mommy loves me. They say their brother's name, love me. And then they say, God loves me. But most of all, I love me. And I, I say that because we are huge believers in God. I do believe in God. However, when I have them say, God loves me, but most of all, I love me, it's the self-love that really holds people back. Mm -hmm. The self-compassion, right? To be able to give yourself grace, especially if you're going through something that's really challenging and and difficult and feels like the mountain in your life that you can't move, having that compassion for yourself is so important. So important, so necessary. Compassion is, is, it's, it's so underrated. We can be so hard on ourselves, uh, me included, right? present company included. I can be so hard on myself. However, we really do have to take an opportunity to kind of look back. And the only time I do look back in life is when I'm looking at what I've already achieved to say, Jeff, 
take it easy on yourself. You have done more than, you know, other people who are writing, other people who are speaking. You have done so much. You've achieved more than you probably ever thought you could achieve if you think back where your mindset was five years ago, 10 years ago. So yeah, having that compassion for ourselves is so important. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked a lot of looking, looking back, looking at the experiences that have shaped us. I want to talk a little bit about looking forward. So you said you're working on a new book for 2021. Tell us a little bit about what that's about and kind of the next thing that is lined up for you that you're working towards. Yeah, absolutely. So with the book, I won't say the title yet, because for anyone who's written a book, you know, the title is probably the last thing to come to you. But the whole idea is to speak about elements of our life that can really push us forward. And I'm speaking about fear. I'm speaking about leadership. I'm speaking about vulnerability. I'm speaking about gratitude. And these are some areas that I believe we're able to really take a hold of, then it can really drive our life forward. Again, the whole idea speaks about everything I just talked about, um, loving yourself, your self-value, your self-worth, and then again, conquering those areas, the fear, the gratitude, the leadership and such. Again, those areas, if we can really focus in on some of those areas, I believe it's going to help to propel us forward to do the things that we were put on this earth to do. If you believe you're put here to create a business to help people, I think through this book, you're going to get keys and elements that's going to help you in those areas so you can move forward in your life in the area that you want to be in. And then the plan as well is to build a course off the book and then also to create a community. So people who are struggling with self-worth and self-doubt, people who are even to, looking to to step in public speaking, you know, even if it's not necessarily on stage, but creating elements where they can present at work and things like that. I'm looking to help people within those areas from speaking to business, from, from overcoming fear um, to stepping into their leadership and just helping everybody in all those areas to become their best self. As a man, as a black man in particular, I'm curious about how you found your way to understanding vulnerability is a key and um, what has vulnerability opened up for you in your own life and in your business? Wow, that that is a full question. Uh, vulnerability is actually one of the, the chapters in the new book as well. And, you know, I, I do think it's uber important, as you just spoke about, because oftentimes men do not share where they're coming from. They do not share their stories, especially around other men. You know, I've been blessed to be in barbershops. If you've ever been in a black barbershop, you know, the conversation is, is, is all over the place from basketball to, you know, your current events to, to, you know, a whole lot of things. And I've been blessed to be in barbershops, you know, in, in the UK, in, in the Caribbean, in the US and Canada. And all these barbershops, black barbershops are the same when it comes to the conversation. But what men are not talking about is vulnerability. We don't speak about the difficulties that we've been through in life and how we were able to come through them. And because we don't do that, it makes it difficult for us to share and it makes it difficult for us to grow, to heal and to grow. And I learned that vulnerability was important, I would say, as I kind of stepped into the realm of personal development and learning that if you don't admit to the issues that you have, you can never heal from them. And I was looking to heal. I was looking to become better because I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be a loving husband. And these things I've been able to achieve today. And it's because I've been able to heal through some of the difficulties that I've been through. And so because I recognize that that is such a key element to becoming better, that is why I share my vulnerabilities. 
because I know that men do not share. And if somebody starts by sharing some of the difficulties they've been through, it has other people say, oh, okay, well, if he shared, then I can share as well. One of the powerful elements about sharing your, your, your story is that there's somebody else in the crowd that can stand up and say, me too. I've been through it as well. And then that person no longer feels like they're an island. They recognize they are no longer alone, that they have somebody else who has been through it as well. How can people connect with you and be a part of your circle and soak up all your juicy wisdom forevermore? <laughs> Jeff A.D. Martin is where you'll find me, whether it be social media, Jeff A.D. Martin, my website, jeffadmartin.com. Uh, the courses, I do have some courses, a speaking course right now and a, a youth um, character development course, um, jeffadmartin.com. Again, you can find all that stuff. And uh, yeah, just super excited to share to meet new people and to find ways that I could share my story to others to help them in their circumstances. Well, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. I think what I'm definitely taking away is just a another reminder of the mountain in front of you doesn't have to mean the end. There is light you know, through the clouds, even if you're going through a really tough season. And there's always an opportunity to work on yourself, starting with acknowledging the places where you want to change so that you can really set a target for where you'd like to go. So thank you very much for this conversation. Oh, and thank you again, my friend, for allowing me to be on here. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you are doing is so needed. There are people who need to hear your voice and the fact that you are, you've created a platform to allow myself, I'm so grateful, and other amazing people to share their stories. This too becomes a part of their healing. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Start Right Now podcast, make sure you share it with a friend and hit that subscribe button so you always keep on top of new episodes. See you next time.